Good morning, and welcome to Readers Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Russ M, and I'm, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Today, oh, I'm the moderator, too. Today is Friday, September 23rd, 2022. We're reading for the big book, more about alcoholism. Page 30, the second paragraph, we learn that we fully concede to our innermost selves down and ending Um, with has to be smashed. Sorry about that. All right. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Jeannie R., the 12 traditions, Matthew G. Reader of the text is Janice P.M., page 164, Stenzen P. The backup reader is Anne M. And newcomer reader is Terry, Terry S. And second hour host is Karen K. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, September 22nd, 2022, the 7 a.m. Eastern meeting, Eastern time meeting is 19,438, that's 19438, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 19,439, so 19439, the OA preamble. Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, or recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees from members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting or accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose to abstain is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, big book study, our abstinence, our message is that people, yeah, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I now ask Jeannie R. to read the 12 steps. Jeannie, star one. Uh, hold on one second. I'm sorry. I didn't know I was up so quickly this morning. Hang on. Okay, this is GDR um, gratefully uh, recovering in this program. 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked God to remove our shortcomings. 
eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Eleven sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for this opportunity, and I pass. All right, Jeannie, thank you very much. Next up for the 12 tradition is Matthew. 12 traditions is Matthew G. Hi, this is Matthew G. These are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA name ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for allowing me to be a service. Thanks, Matthew. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on directions for recovery, described in the big book of our folks anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for six and for readers of six months, there's no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today, we're in more about alcoholism, page 30, the second paragraph. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics, ending with has to be smashed. Okay, so uh, today, starting us off is Janice PM with the reading. 
Yes, and good morning to you, Russ, and everyone that is listening and not and uh, here today. My name is Janice PM, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Yes, we did learn. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery, the delusion that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. So this has been read twice now, which is great. When did we, when, when did we learn this? When did we learn all this? This is still step one. So we've gone about three chapters now and we learned that we had to, this is the, uh, I'm going to read, this is the first step in recovery. What does the first step say? Okay, first of all, it says that we had to admit, we had to admit that we were powerless over food. Yes, that's, uh, you know, that's the, the body, powerless over food that our life was unmanageable. So there's two parts to my illness that I couldn't and I never will be able to manage my life with food. Therefore, therefore, I had to fully accept and admit that I was way back when a compulsive overeater, and of course still is a compulsive overeater. Just because I'm abstinent doesn't give me the right to go back and have that one bite to create that phenomenon of craving in my body. So it's deeper. Recovery is deeper that I always fought the idea that, mm, I'm not a real compulsive overeater, but sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. You know, sometimes I'm pregnant once and then, then the other. No, no. Once a compulsive overeater, I will always be a compulsive overeater. However, it took me a long time. I could admit it and say it, but I had to really, really concede, you know, to my innermost self, to my core that I believe it wasn't any, I have delusion and obsessions and it's all the same. I was lying to myself that I, I can do this. I'll find out how to do it. See, it was the obsession, the delusion, the illusion in my mind that, mm, well, maybe I'm really not, but I had to admit that I am a compulsive overeater. I was then, and I still am now, and I always will be. So any any lie or reasoning that I have in my mind that perhaps I'll be like other people. You know, I always wanted to be like other people that could eat and stay thin. Well, I wanted to be like them, but I didn't want to eat like them. I wanted to be thin. But you see, that delusion, that lie that I created myself in my head because I have illness, okay, has to be smashed, false beliefs. With that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Janice.
appreciate it. So now we're going to off the line for sharing. And although we value your experience, we ask you to share every third day. So others can share their experience too. So if you share Tuesday or uh, Wednesday or Thursday, please step back. Thank you. So who would like to share? One at a time, please. Bonnie B from Minnesota. Joe. Joey and Bonnie. 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 Anne Marie M. All right. Christina hold on, hold on. L. Jackie. One second. <laughs> Anne Marie. And I'm I'm running slow today. And uh, Christina. There was someone in the beginning. Hi, after bon- bon- I think that's who it was. Hi, yep, I think so. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Whoever we didn't catch this first round, we'll definitely get you on the next. Sorry about that. All right. We got Bonnie B, Aya P, Yohan M, Anita L, uh, Jackie A, Anne-Marie M, and Christina L. All right, Bonnie, you're up. Good morning, everyone. Russia doing a great job today. Um, this is Bonnie B. from the state of Minnesota. Great story we covered. What an amazing paragraph. Um, so a couple of things. Oops, I'm going to start my timer, and thank you. Um, a couple of things. The first thing I thought of was, um, you know, what the opening speaker had shared so well on. We learned. We learned, right? So how did I learn? Um, I learned through experience. On page 31, it says, here are some of the methods I tried. One of the first things I did when I came into this program is I made a list of all the things that I tried. And I have tried a lot of things. So that, that to me was my learning. And then if you go back to the appendix um, on page 567, it says um, toward the bottom, most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety. That brought me hope. Because initially I thought, am I a doorknob or what? I mean, what is going on? Why can't I connect the dots? I couldn't connect the dots because I didn't understand what it was. And that word delusion is an amazing word. The definition for delusion is a belief or impression that is firmly maintained despite being contradicted by what is generally accepted as a reality or rational argument, the action of deluding or the state of being deluded. Why was I deluded for years and years? Because there's thousands of commercials out there that tell me if I do X, Y, and Z, I will get X, Y, and Z. And that's not my reality. I've got a DNA set that's different than most people. That is what I had to fully conceive. When I came to that point, when I, when I came to the realization that even though I'd like to have blue eyes, I have brown eyes, and I will never have blue eyes, and it's okay, and it was God's design, that's when I fully leaned in and began to understand it's in the DNA. It's not a bad thing. I didn't cause it. Um, I was born with it, and it's okay as long as I can figure out what God would have me to do with it. And this book has given me the solution. Yeah, a lot, of, um, a lot of trips around the mountain, a lot of amazing people sharing their heart with me and encouraging me. This program, I mean, this, um, this phone line being a major part of that recovery because every single person here shares their experience and the experiences that we had to fully concede. And how did we do that? Um, 
by learning, by figuring it out, by trial and error. And once we lean in and we figure out that this is our DNA and this is my future, and it's not a bad future, it's actually a great future if I can figure out how to manage it, and the book helps me to manage it, then um, life becomes very, very good. And all the things that were so challenging for me fall away. So um, grateful for this paragraph, grateful for every single person on this line. I hope you guys have a super blessed day. Once again, Bonnie B. from Minnesota, and I will pass. Thanks, Bonnie. Appreciate it. Next up is IAP, followed by Johan. You're up. Thank you, Ross. Hi, everybody. My name is Chaya P. I am very, very gratefully recovered today, and I live in Colorado. The benefits of a migraine is I'm up super early in mountain time, and I get to participate in this meeting. Um, so first of all, I just want to welcome anyone who's new. Um, it takes so much courage to walk into a meeting or pick up the phone and get on a meeting, and um, we really, really welcome you here. Um, I really, really, <laughs> and I always say, people that know me say, like, if you want in, you're in, because this is a self-admission club, meaning we, like, the admission ticket is is what we're talking about today. It's conceding to my innermost self. Sometimes that takes a little bit of time, being here and learning, and that's why this, this I love this meeting, because we study the, the book, the instructions, um, and um, I, it, you know, I was just thinking as I was listening to the speaker before, and it occurred to me, I never really thought of it this way, but my experience has been is, you know, it looks like the problem is at the, on the outside, right? When we come in, it's if this would change or that would change, or if only I could control the food. But what I find is that it's actually an inside solution, that it's deep down inside is the fundamental idea of this God of higher power. And so this has been an inside. I've had to do inside, or I should say God has done inside, um, you know, spiritual surgery, so to speak, on me. And so it's an inside job. And that's where we get that admission, from the inside. People can tell you on the outside. People tell people all the time. You go to the doctor, they can tell you you have to lose weight doesn't mean that that's going to really click with people. We have to be beaten down. And, um, you know, I think there's also iterations in my experience in, in the many, in the several decades that I've been in OA. And thank God I'm here. And I've, I just can't imagine my life without um, without this uh, these steps in the fellowship. But it's been iterations of admission, you know, because life is a journey. And um, I'm just so grateful that I'm on this journey and that I am in a position of neutrality today with food, um, and I am so grateful for that. And I just want to let anyone who's new or anyone who's been around that's struggling that the miracles can happen. It will happen. Um, there's very, very precise directions, and um, I try not to make it complicated, you know, because those directions were were here way before the book was. <laughs> and, um, and so... Um, it's been my experiencing that following them and being willing to um, stay in the middle of the herd um, has uh, proven to be um, pretty magnificent, pretty magnificent experience. So with that, I'm grateful. Thank you. Hi, in Colorado. Thank you. 
Next up is Johan and then Anita J. Who's Anita J? I'm sorry about that. Hey, good morning. Hi, uh, my name is Johan and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Sweden. Thank you so much for service today, Ross. Thanks everybody that has shared, for everybody being here. Um, and what an amazing paragraph. This is step one in a nutshell for me, you know, that the delusion that I am is going to be like normal people must be smashed. And, uh, and like the lead share said, all I ever wanted was to be normal. <laughs> I wanted to eat normal. I wanted to feel normal. I wanted to be normal. Uh, and this paragraph tells me, and that's my experience as well, that I need to have an inside bottom. I needed to have an emotional bottom before anything could be done. I had like outside bottoms a thousand times and it never it never did anything for me and uh, going out of my hopefully last binge a bit over three years ago uh, I came to an emotional bottom and that wasn't the worst binge I ever had it wasn't the worst like outside bottom but uh, at last I came to an emotional bottom where I did not want to have it like this anymore. I just, I was willing to do anything just to get to recovery, to get recovered and to, you know. So I, uh, I accepted that I was uh, uh, a compulsive warrior from the bottom of my heart, from, the, from my innermost self. And uh, from there, you know, from this desperation, I, I got a sponsor right away, started working the steps and I had a, a spiritual awakening and you know my life just changed and today my life is not about food anymore uh, which is a complete miracle uh, and uh, it's not about me myself anymore not all the time at least <laughs> uh, it's more about other people it's about relations it's about love it's about forgiveness and you know, thanks to this program that is so simply uh, outlined in Big Book, uh, I get to live happy, joyous, and free today. And you know, one day at a time, because it's it's just one day at a time. I need to do today uh, my utmost so that God can keep me abstinent one more day. And that's what these steps are about. They are about to get me connected with God. And step 10, 11, and 12 is designed so I can have a relationship with God. And, you know, if I just do that, God will do the rest. But my God is not a codependent enabler. I, I need to do the put in the work. And uh, if I just do that, uh, thank you. God will, you know, God has, has a solution not only for this. God has a solution for all my problems, which is just amazing. So I'm really happy to be here today. I'm so incredibly grateful that I am recovered one day at a time, and there is really a solution. So thank you so much for that, Apostle. Thanks. Thanks, John. So before Nia jumps on, let me let you know where we're at. We're on page 30. More about alcoholism in the second paragraph. We learned that we had to fully see to our innermost selves. 
down to uh, has to be smashed. So, Anita J., you're up. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Russ, for your service. And um, Janice, Janice's good share and, um, and all. Anyway, I, I never thought I'm Anita J., and I live in Massachusetts. I never thought I was a liar. I mean, I thought I was a cash register honest person. But the lies to myself, I lived a, a rich life in there, filled with lies. And they all had to be smashed. You know, it took me decades to do it because um, I guess I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to give up my friends that I always counted on, you know, and I never thought of it like that, but that was the truth. And you know, when this was the most dangerous, when I looked good, because I was a constant relapser, I thought I had it, you know, never for more than, I think two years and seven months is the longest I ever made without something setting me up or nothing setting me up, I just picked up. And the thing was, it was always when I looked so good. So the, I was judging on the outside that I should be able to do things, but my inside hadn't learned a doggone thing until it finally did. It finally did in February of 2014 that I can't have one. I can't, and I don't mean one cookie or one cake or one box. I mean, obviously those. I can't even have one bloody peanut to set me off and eat everything in the house. And I guess I'm grateful for that one because it finally struck me and things finally smashed. And with that, I am gratefully passing. Thanks, Russ. Thank you, Anita. Next up is Jackie A, followed by Anne Marie M, and then we'll take another list. Hi, Russ. Can you hear me? Yeah, perfect. All right. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much. This is Jackie A. I'm from Connecticut, but I'm traveling through the Northwest, or no, I'm sorry, God, New England right now to go see one of my best, my best friend that I met through this program. Um. She had active abstinence for pretty much since the whole time, and I had three relapses, and I'm on a page, I'm sorry, God, I'm on page 108 of my abstinence today, and um, I am definitely of the compulsive addict type, and I'm so grateful to this meeting and to this feels like a home group to me, to this, to this collective of fellowship, because it took some head pounding to understand that I was like the chronic eight, like type one, two, three of the addicts in the doctor's opinion. And um, and doing my fourth step inventory now four times is understanding that, you know, many of the defects of character that I have to constantly give away in six and seven to God and turn my will over and have to do with OA and have to do with me not staying in my own lane and that buildup of emotions that we talk about. But then it's the thoughts, it's the obsession, it's the physical cravings for me too. And 
the security needs um, and, and how, like, hiking alone for hours and hours in a, in a foreign state can really leave me alone with myself and with God. Like, I'm grateful to that. But I've had some nasty cravings this week, and I had to constantly just keep telling myself, like, you are an effing addict, and you need help. And, and I just feel like there's so much growth in me that I did an inventory, like I've been reading a book, and it's pretty much about character defects. And um, and it's of a woman who also battled with food. And, and it's talking about these inventories, like these checklists. And I, and I can see the year of growth. I was atrociously... Jack, we lost you. Looks like you had a bad spot there. Um, we're gonna I guess we're gonna have to move forward here with Anne Marie Adams. All right, Anne Marie, you could take over. Okay. Thanks. You really want me to take over, huh? <laughs> <This is> Anne- <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> this is Anne Marie M uh gratefully recovered. Through God's grace and by working the 12 steps of, of, of OA, and I'm in South Carolina. Gosh, this has been such a great meeting so far. Um, what I've heard was um, this is still step one. We're, we're on chapter three. We, we've read three chapters prior to this, and this is actually the fourth chapter we're reading, and we're still in step one. It's so important that. It was so important that I got step one down, and it took me a long, long time to do that. The first thing I heard was that um, we admitted we were powerless over food, and our lives had become unmanageable. Never, ever did I think of, I know that it's a two-part step, but the first part, I didn't, I never, what I got out of that, uh, uh, the person speaking was, the first part is the physical addiction. You know, I had to admit that I'm powerless over over food, that there are some foods, there are trigger ingredients that I cannot take, and I had to admit that. It took me a long time to admit that. When I first came in and people said that they thought sugar might be, sugar is as addictive as cocaine, as as a drug, I thought these people are looney tunes. I mean, they're a little bit over the edge that they're going to think that sugar is like a drug. Gosh, it took me a long time uh to admit that. And the second part is that it's the obsession of the mind. My life is unmanageable. Only God can help me with the man, that, that, um, that unmanageability. The first part is I have to put the food down. I have to put the, I have to figure out what ingredients that trigger me. Certain ingredients, once I, I take them into my body, it causes a craving and I want more and more and more. And that's an abnormal reaction. It's an allergy. It's an abnormal reaction when I take in certain trigger foods that I want more. And the obsession of the mind is all of this a delusion. And I, um, I had looked up the definition of delusion. False psychotic belief. Unsound or misleading reasoning false psychotic belief. I have a psychiatric problem and it's I believe it's part of my disease of compulsive overeating and that when I, I I have these thoughts that well I can just have one 
you know, the delusion that I'm like other people. No matter how many times I've tried, I couldn't grasp that I was not like other people. And it had to be smashed. And I love, I don't love it, but it annoys me, I should say, when I hear people say there are no must, you know, in this program. I think in the fellowship there are no must, but certainly in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, there are lots of musts. And I look at these two, we had to fully proceed. And it has to be smashed. Must, must. Thanks, Pass. Thanks, Anne-Marie. So we're going to take our second group. We're on page 30, more about alcoholism. The second paragraph, we're just going to read that, read that paragraph. Um, it's, we learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost self down to uh, had to be smashed. So I heard Pete. We got Pete. Laura L. Sheila C. Laura. Sheila from Philadelphia. Sheila got it. Anita, and then there was Lee someone H. else from Philly. Sonia and then S. from Philadelphia. Sonia, Lee H. Elena. So let's let's go with that. It's a pretty good group. PP. Then there was Laura, Sheila C. I believe, Anita L. Sonia S. Lee H. And Elena C. You're up, Pete. Thanks, Russ, for taking the meeting. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy in Pennsylvania. And yet, you know, we learned. Where did we learn that we had to fully concede to our most self alcohol? Where did we learn about alcoholism? We learned it, and as other folks have mentioned, in the doctor's opinion. It explains the nature of the illness, the, the medical assessment of the illness that we have. Right, it, 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 we, we learned in reading Bill's story the, the progressiveness and severity and significance of the illness in Bill's story. And then in there is a solution. We, 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 we were presented with the information that distinguishes the real compulsive overeater from the, ab, from, from, from the moderate or hard eater. And it gives us the opportunity to make the assessment of ourselves based on our, based on our experience. We either are or we're not. I love to talk about conceding, right? Conceding means that I admit something that I formally denied, essentially, right? And, and, and you know, my experience was I, I, I you know, I, I said, yeah, okay, I'm, I, oh, I'm with you. Right, I'm I'm another bozo on the bus. Yeah, I'm I'm this. I must have this thing. I'm fat. I'm uncomfortable. I'm discontented. I must have this thing. Well, guess what? That no, no, that doesn't mean I have this thing. The problem the problem for me. I don't know about anybody else. The problem for me is I never took the disease of compulsive overeating as significant as needs to be taken in order to achieve recovery. The delusion, it doesn't say the delusion that we are like normal people, or presently maybe. It says the delusion that we are like other people, or presently maybe, has to be smashed. Which means that I'm required to do what I have to do to ensure that any of those substances 
any of those ingredients or any of those behaviors can enter my body. Regardless of how I'm feeling, regardless of how I'm behaving, regardless of anything, I have to ensure that those substances don't get into my body. We talk all the time. You know, we, we, I ask people all the time, what's the first step in recovery? And everybody repeats step one, step one. Step one, admitting I'm powerless and that my life is unmanageable is just a conclusion of all of the other information that we met. This is the, this is the root of the issue. I need to concede to my innermost self that this is a disease and I have it and it's never going away. No mental defense, no better new, no, new mode, code of morals is going to relieve it. What did you say, time? Yeah. Nope. I'll pass. Thanks, Pete. Next up is Laura. I didn't guess your first initial of your last name, followed by uh, Sheila C. Laura, star one. That's fast. All right. So, so uh, let's go to uh, Sheila C. Hello. Can you hear me? Uh, Laura, you're off. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I was muted. Um, hi, I'm Laura L., um, compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Thank you all so much for your service and your shares. Um, this paragraph and yesterday's paragraph um, just brought me home to 2005. Um, I've been in program 21 years. In 2005, I took a trip with um, students that I was working with to Japan for three weeks, and um, nobody knew me. And I was sort of, you know, I'd been a little rocky in my in my abstinence. I didn't really have it down yet um, after four or five years in program, and I just wanted to eat and drink normally, and my disease said, well, there's nobody here that you know, except for the couple students you're traveling with, so what the heck? So I started drinking and eating um, as I used to before I got into program, and um, that continued, like, throughout the summer. It wasn't, I didn't binge, I didn't go overboard, I was just sort of doing it like a person might drink or eat, but I First of all, I had to be sober, and I wasn't sober. And second of all, I wasn't abstinent. I was eating things off my plan. Um, and when I returned back, I kept going. And I, I never stopped going to meetings, but I kept going um, with the food and the drink. And I entered into a relationship that I should have never entered into. I purchased a condo, which I should have never done. So it's all the, you know, everything that is said that, you know, when you're, um, in the food um, or in the drink, you know, you don't make, shouldn't make, you know, big decisions or whatever, at least until a year after abstinence. And I blew all those rules out of the water. And I think it was, um, so that was over the summer into the fall. And then I think it was like December where I started getting really scared. I just, and thank God for this year. Um, it just freaked me out um, where my behavior was. And I realized I can't stop. I realized for the millionth time I can't stop, but this time I stopped. I did a really intense step study. Um, I think I did two of them um, that year and got my ass in gear, and, um, and I never looked back. So 
I am very grateful for that relapse. I'm grateful for all the slips I've had over the years and the ups and downs. Um, I'm grateful for vision. I've been, you know, working um, in more intensely with um, the big book over the last 16 months and clean abstinence and I'm sponsoring again, which is beautiful. So um, it's God that did this all (laughs) and I'm just being um, carried um, by God through this um, life one day at a time, doing the footwork, surrendering, um, listening to all of you day after day, and um, maintaining my maximum you know, spiritual fitness for God's use. So um, with that, I'll pass, but I'm just extremely grateful to be on the phone today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Laura. Next up is Sheila C., followed by Anita L. Hi, this is Sheila. Grateful. Recovering compulsive eater from New York. Thank you, Russ, for your service and everyone service sharing, listening. Um, yeah, so has to be smashed. The delusion, the delusion. So why do I not want to be like other people? Admit that I'm not like other people. Keep me from doing that in the face of the suffering that I was experiencing around food. Um, a couple of reasons. My ego is a big ego, ego, ego um, is big for me. And um, of course, fear of letting go. The delusion. So, part of my delusion is that. Addiction is not an addiction. It's helping me. It, um, I need it. That was a big thing. My disease would talk to me and say, "Oh, you, you know, you're you're going to get sick if you don't if you don't do this because it helps you relax." Blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, ego huge, and so I'm just so grateful to my higher power for like loving me anyway, you know, despite this strong ego and this fear and not wanting to let it go. The other part of me really pray, God, please help. You got to help me. You got to help. You got to help me, please. Um, I know, I mean, this is over 30 years in and out of OA. And um, so it's not like, and I'm sober in AA over 30 years as well. So knowing like, okay, but this, the only thing that has broken through is this. It's being at the meeting, sitting in the room, being at the phone meeting, participating, sharing my powerlessness, sharing my insanity, deluded. So when I take a bite of certain substances, I would take a bite and the the thought comes in, oh, this is the answer to life, literally, like in that moment, believing that this is the answer to all my problems. That is total insanity and delusion. But it's only through coming to the room, sitting with others, admitting my powerlessness, uh, that a power greater than me breaks through. It's beyond my mind. It's beyond, I, I don't need to figure it out, thank you, God. But I know I need to be here and I need to participate and tell all my disease and celebrate my abstinence. I am so happy. I am 
so grateful for the neutrality I'm experiencing for the all thank you for this wrap up all the resources I have to enhance my relationship with my heart power and others now that the food is down again so thanks for letting me share the past thank you so let me let me know uh, let you know where we're at we are more about alcoholism page 30 the second paragraph we're just reading that and next up is Anita L. followed by Sonia S. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Very grateful to hear everybody's share their their heart, their words of wisdom coming from their higher powers. And uh, that's how I'm feeling today, personally. Um, before I meditated this morning, the thought popped into my head, ooh, we're going to read the paragraph on we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that I had to concede. I must concede that I have the disease of compulsive overeating. My life becomes unmanageable if I take that first bite. And then the thoughts run wild. And uh, for today, I'm very, very grateful to say that finally, you know, it's been a while now that all of it, all of those trigger foods are down. And because of that, I finally have a shot at living a life where I can feel happy, joyous, and free. And because I'm feeling this, now I can carry this message to others. It's possible, guys. It's incredible. Uh, I've been in in this beautiful program for decades. And, you know, through each relapse that I had, I grew a little bit closer to my higher power. So today I, I don't look back at that when I relapsed that I was a failure. I no longer have that mindset. I I think instead, thank you, God, for bringing me closer to you. I don't have to do that again. Help me to remember that. I don't have to go back to my past behavior. I can, from this point forward, move on and live a life closer to you. And how do I get closer to my higher power? I finally learned it through daily meditation. For me, it's the only answer. I am finally developing a relationship, beginning to develop this relationship with my higher power. And it's been about two and a half years now, daily meditation. And um, I wanted to share today because this paragraph along within the doctor's opinion, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect that they get from alcohol. So for me, with me, it's from food, certain, certain trigger foods. And once I take that first bite, I'm gone. And um, I, I can't predict when I'm going to stop. So thank you. So now I'm free because I don't have to live that way anymore. Thank you, God, and thank you, Vision, and all the people in this meeting who carry the message, the solution. I pass. 
All right, next up is Sonia S. followed by Lee H. Good morning, I'm Sonia S. and I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, I'm here. Um, I was suffering in another program for 11 years with another food program. Frankly, I was not willing to do the work there. I was only there to get thin. I was disgustingly and selfishly vain. Thank God OA Vision for You came to me, and I am now in the rooms of OA, and I love the section or the sentence that says, the illusion that we are like other people or presently may needs to be smashed, basically. And what that tells me is I'm not a normal eater. I can never eat my alcoholic foods. I am a real compulsive overeater. So what do I do as a newcomer? Well, one, I found a recovered sponsor. Two, I work the steps. I'm on step one. Three, I weigh and measure my food. I do 30 minutes of quiet time. I am working towards 30 minutes today. I did 20. I do at least one meeting a day or two meetings a day. I call three recovered people a day. I am turning over my fears and resentments all throughout the day. I have so many and I'm looking forward to doing a thorough step four. And I ask God to help me to be loving towards my family and fellows. And for that, I am grateful. Thank you for letting me share. All right, thank you, Sonia. Next up is Lee H. Bob Atlanta C. Well, good morning, Russ. This is Lee H. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Tennessee. So glad to be on the line. I'm just jotting down notes as I listen to all the shares, <laughs> thinking, what what am I supposed to share? But I, this is a picture. I'm I'm a visual person. So, you know, when I first came in this program, it was kind of like my honesty sort of pricked me a little bit. I was a little bit uncomfortable with the program, and I went through several relapses with different sponsors and. It, it felt uncomfortable, but, you know, this word smash, it really hit me this morning. I'm, I picture a mallet just smashing a tomato and seeing the mess, seeing all the splatters. And that is what ha- had to happen to me in my mind. The, the, the outside stuff, you know, I, I, I felt like I was still in self and I was able to manage it. But man, when things happened inside, I'm uncomfortable. The main thing that I was the most uncomfortable with in the end was the pain of being dishonest about picking up, about the things I was doing in my head that I was unwilling to admit. And so that tomato got smashed in my head, and there's the ugly mess of self, and it's exposed. And when I just brought it to the light with my sponsor and to my higher, higher power, that light and that love was there. And here I am exposed this ugly mess of being dishonest with myself about the food. And just the process of, you know, working through the steps and then the peace that I got. Um, the outside straightened out really quickly. It's like my marriage was healed. My body got healthier. But that ugly mess had to be exposed to the light and the love of my higher power with the help of my sponsors. So thanks so much for letting me share. I pass. 
Thanks, please. Next up is Elena C. Good morning, everyone. May I be heard? Yep. All right. Um, so I, um, what comes up for me when I read this paragraph <clears throat> is this idea that different, it doesn't mean better or worse. It just means different. You know, and I'm thinking about people who have diabetes are different because the body does not metabolize insulin, right, or doesn't make insulin. People who have other kind of illnesses, conditions are different in a way. And so I am just different in the area of, like, um, putting this food in my body that triggers my allergy. That's all. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's not worse than diabetes or a cold or an other allergy. It's just different. It's the way it is. And um, I heard somewhere at the meeting saying the war, step one is like the war is over. And luckily, I lost. I lost the war with my addiction and what that means is that I am going to engage with my addiction from a place of acceptance understanding compassion for myself in this area and for all of myself and then there is a there are things that I can do to help myself and one of the most important thing is to just put down everything that triggers my addiction, the fact that I'm different. And then I, I won't be different. I can eat like other people, just not those things. And so also I'm different because I engage with the world from a place of um, defending myself from addiction, defending, like hiding, you know. And so that also needs to be smashed. I don't have to hide anymore because I discovered that I'm a child of my higher power and I'm no different than anybody. Everybody's a child of their higher power. And um, there's a beauty and healing in all of this, all of this journey and in the step one. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Elena. So you're going to be our last share. And thank you to everyone that shared. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. And today's share ID for Friday, September 23rd, 2022 is 19,443-19443. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Tenzin P. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Okay. Uh, can you hear me, Russ? Tenzin yeah. P.? Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, our book is meant to be suggested on, suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. 
but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you very much.